Well, we are so glad that you're here today. Thank you for being a part of our Sunday, No Excuse Sunday, and welcome. And uh, exciting to see what God is doing here in this place. I love hearing that, that we are uh, ministering to uh, many people that are coming from different countries that are here. And, and we have the opportunity to minister to them in such a powerful way and to, and to share the gospel. And um, we've just got so many things that are happening. Check out your program. We've got volunteer night tonight. You know, if you're volunteer, one of our volunteers, you want to be a volunteer, just show up tonight, 5.30, be right here. And it could be outside, it could be a nice night. And, um, and so be a part of that. Life group is coming up. We've got life group, sign up for life group. And, uh, but man, it, it, it is something to be a part of, to be at a church that God is doing something. See, God is on the move here. And I, I want to be at a place where God is on the move. I want to be where God is, you know, I want to be at the front seat action of what God is doing and, and, and right here, you know, every Sunday I get to see that. Every Sunday I get to experience God moving in people's lives. And, 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 and when you don't show up, you miss out. And so I'm going to encourage you. I know sometimes life happens, you know, and I get that. You know, and today it's no excuse and you made it and say, I'm, I showed up. But man, what if, what if you made it no excuse every Sunday? You know, and of course you got work, you got vacation, you're sick, you have an excuse. But, you know, what if you say, you know what, I'm going to be here. I'm going to make it a priority in my life. And, and, and there's power in that. There's power because we need each other. We need to encourage each other. There's power when we, when, when we worship together, you know. And, and, man, you guys all, I could hear you. I'm hearing impaired, and I heard you. You're singing, you know, and, and, and it's awesome to see the voices of our praise coming together and, 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 and lifting up the name of Jesus you know, uh, corporately together as a, as a family of God. And uh, we can pray for each other, encourage each other. And when, you, when you're not here, you're missed. You are missed. And, uh, and, and so today, as we think about No Excuse Sunday, the title of the message is a standalone message. Next Sunday, we're going to start a brand new series. But today, I'm going to talk about stop making excuses and start walking. Have you noticed? that we're all experts at making excuses. Even though we never read a book about it, we never took a class on it, we never had a mentor for it, all of us are professional excuse makers for our behaviors, mistakes, or habits. I, I, I think about me in my life and, you know, with my hearing impairment, you know, I, I, I can throw out the death card every now and then and, and uh, when my wife tells me something to do, when, early on especially, I could get away with this. And, uh, you know, she, we've been married a couple of years, and she, and she took, give me a list of things to do, on the to-do list. She says, Scott, I'm going to leave the house for a couple hours. Can you make sure this, this and that get done? And she comes back after a couple hours, and she sees nothing get done. I'm still on the couch. She says, Scott, you lazy bum. I said, nothing got done while I, was, while I was gone. What were you doing? I look at her and I say, what stuff? You know, the list I told you to do. I said, you know, honey, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Cat's out of the bag. Cat got out of the bag when I made this mistake, okay? I made this mistake. You know, we had a heated discussion one day, you know, 
not an argument, a heated discussion, and I, I forgot what it was about, it didn't matter, you know, but you know, she turned around and walked away, muttered something under her breath. She thought she was low enough where I couldn't hear her. And I said, as she was walking out of the room, I heard that. Uh, she turned around and said, you could hear that? I said, yep, I could. You know, I, I, I put on a lot less than I put on, you know. So she said, yeah, yeah, now you got no excuse no more. You know, so the whole hearing impairment, you know, damn it, doesn't work no more. But, you know, we all make excuses. We'll do it. Have you been pulled over? Come on, the cop come up to the window, you know, he, he asked you, you know what you're doing? So, I have no idea what I'm doing. You knew exactly what you were doing, you know. And back in the days when you actually had a, a speedometer, you know, sometimes we might say, oh, you know, I didn't know I was going that fast. You know, the speedometer must be broken, right? You know, if you're, or if you're a student in school and you showed up and your homework didn't get done. And you, 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 you have an excuse. You, you make excuses. We all do it. We make excuses like, oh, I, I forgot, or I got too busy, or, or dog ate my homework, or whatever it might be. You know, we are excuse makers. And the truth is, all of us are experts, and we made our shares of excuses over the years. In our flesh, our go-to reaction when the light is shining on a fault, on a, on a bad habit, or a mistake, our go-to reaction is we are excuse makers. We make excuses. And you can trace this excuse-making tendency all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When you got, you know, when you got Adam and Eve back there, and God finds them hiding. And, and God, you know, they, they were hiding because they disobeyed God. They ate up the fruit, and God said, Adam, you know, why did you do it? And Adam, he responded, he said, it's that woman, God. It's that woman that you made. You know, she's defective. I mean, come on. You know, time to make woman 2.0 for me. You know, and, 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 and so God goes to Eve and says, Eve, why did you do it? Oh, God, it was that snake. That snake, that, the snake that you made, God, he made me do it. You know, he's so clever and smooth, and I got really confused. And, and of course, you know, the snake, he didn't have a leg to stand on. I have no excuse for a bad joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> the first two people had the best of everything. They knew how to create excuses when their sin came to light. Of course, God didn't accept their excuses. And so today, we're going to talk about, you know, stop making excuses and stand up and start walking. In John chapter 5, we see Jesus working a miracle he changes a guy's whole life. His entire life will change in this moment. John chapter 5, if you would, to follow along with me in your Bible, on the screen, you can open up your Bible app, on the church app, you know, if you go to the Late Point app, you can also find us there as well. But John chapter 5, verse number 1, here's the story. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled, disabled people used to lie, the blind, 
the lame, the paralyzed, and they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, verse number four, from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbances would be cured of whatever disease he had. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat, and he walked. Here we see a man who was in a hopeless situation for 38 years. He needed a miracle to change his situation. He needed a miracle to get him unstuck. He had been stuck on the same mat for 38 long years. The Bible says that he was paralyzed physically. But there are a lot of people today, they're paralyzed on a mat in a different way. Some are paralyzed relationally. They experience the same relationship problems over and over and over again, and then they go to a new relationship and they find that the same problem follows them there. Some are stuck, paralyzed emotionally, emotionally. That is just stuck in a past hurt and they're keeping them from moving forward. They, they can't get past their past. Some people are paralyzed financially. We just did a sermon series on how to be balanced in your finance because so many people are unbalanced. We make the same mistakes, financial mistakes over and over and over again. We're, we're constantly you know, covered up with this uh, huge uh, presence of the debt that we, we put ourselves into. And, and, and so we are financially paralyzed. Some are paralyzed spiritually. There's a devastating, destructive habit that they just can't seem to ever break free from. They're always stuck in that same sin and struggle, and it just seems like they never can get over it. They can never quit, and they can never get victory over that sin. They are paralyzed spiritually. My question for you this morning is what mat are you stuck on? What is your mat that you've been laying on? Maybe it's been a mat for all your life. Maybe it's been a mat in the past few seasons of life. But what is the mat that you are currently stuck on? And here's the deal. Whatever area of your life you feel stuck in, your spiritual enemy will have you to believe that you can never be free from that mat, that you will always be stuck. But that's not the case. See, the good news is that God wants you to have the miracle. He wants you to have a breakthrough. He wants you to be unstuck, to have that victory, just like this man 
at the pool of Bethesda. Now, let, let me give you some background to the, you know, to the pool. Bethesda uh, was in Jerusalem, this pool, and, uh, and, and of course, this was a place that we saw in the scripture, and now all the places of, well, if you were physically disabled, they would come together, and they would, most of them would live next to this pool of Bethesda. They would stay there, and, and there was this uh, um, legend that if the, if the, that the angels from heaven, one of the angels would come down and would start stirring the waters, and, then, and once you start the waters stirring, that they would, um, you know, the legend is, if you were the first one in the water after that movement of water, um, then you got healed. And so people heard that, and so, you know, and so and we don't know if that's true. I personally don't really believe. I think it was more of a superstition that actually happened. It was more of a legend. You know, it wasn't an angel, it was just a, just a spring, and every now and then, you know, just like, like a geyser, it just kind of worked its way up a little bit, maybe not, you know, squirting up, but, you know, just movement of water just happened. But there, there was this idea that if you were the first one in, you got healed. And, and, and so you got this man right here, this lame man, and as well as many others, that had this little glimmer of hope that maybe they could just be healed by the water. They were homeless with no shelter, so they just lived there, just hoping somehow, someday, they would be the first one in the pool and be healed. See, the pool of Bethesda gave them a little bit of hope in a hopeless situation. But in this story, we're going to learn that it wasn't the pool that healed the man. It was Jesus. It wasn't the magically moving waters that did it. It was the miracle maker that did the healing. Jesus healed the man. Now say that because sometimes you see on TV televangelists who are known to be great healers. And they say things like this on TV. They say, if you send a large donation, and I will mail you a vial of this holy water, and when you get it, you just sprinkle it on whatever is hurting you, and you will be healed. Or they might say, you see this handkerchief? Give a large amount of money, and I'll sneeze seven holy sneezes into it. I'll mail it to you, and you just put it on wherever, you know? Yuck, okay? I, I think, first of all, I think it's important important for you and I to know that Jesus, he is the one who heals. Now, God uses people. God uses Christ followers, the prayers of faithful people to heal and to bring life change. But it is God who heals. It is his power. He uses our prayers, but it's his power that does the healing. You see, the lame man had put his hope in the pool, and he stayed stuck in his problem. If you're, if you're taking notes, the reason oftentimes that we're stuck in a rut is because we trust in the pool of our own powers and not God's power. We're trying to fix our own mess. We're trying to take care of our own situation. We do it on our own. We trust into the pool of our own Power. 
And when she and the story, they wasn't the pool, but it was God's power that healed the crippled man and changed his life forever. Now, before Jesus healed the man, there's a lesson for all of us to learn, and we see it in verse number six. I want you to notice that Jesus asked a very strange question. He asked in verse number six, look at the man, he said, do you want to get well? Now, what kind of question is that? I mean, it's almost, it's almost offensive, right? Well, of course, the guy has done everything he can to somehow get to the pool of Bethesda, and he's right there. He's homeless, he has no shelter, he stays there day in, day out, always hoping, always praying that he will get to be the first one into the pool, and it's always the last one. He's the rotten egg every day. He never makes it. He's there, and he wants to be healed. Of course he wants to be healed, right? But not so fast. You see, sometimes we get stuck in our dysfunction for so long that we get comfortable with it. We're comfortable with our mat, the mat that's holding us back. We're comfortable there. We're so stuck in our dysfunction that it starts to feel normal after a while. You see, we know we're in a mess, but we know that mess. We know that mess. We're familiar with the mess, and we're not quite sure what will happen after the miracle. In fact, we're almost afraid of the change that God can really bring into your life, and you're afraid of what can really bring about. And so sometimes we get afraid to experience the miracle or the victory in our lives. Jesus said, do you really, really want to change? And notice the man's response. He said in verse 7, he said, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stowed. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Now, notice here, notice foot with me. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't even say no. What does he do? He gives excuse. He says, of course, Jesus, I want to get healed, but here's the thing, Jesus. I, I don't have any friends here. Everybody else got friends. You know, when the waters move, you know, they, they get them in there quickly, and, 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 and no one cares about me. You know, I, I'm just, I'm, I've been here for 38 years, and, and I, I, no one cares. And I've got the biggest problem of anybody here, and no one seems to care. I mean, in fact, Jesus, the other day, there was a guy who showed up. He'd only been here a few days, and he had a skin rash. He saw the water moving. He got up so fast, did a triple somersault in the pool. And then he was out, and he was gone, and, and, and here I am. I, I can't get up. It's just, you know, life is not fair. It's just not fair. Jesus says, do you want to get well? He doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. He just goes into his excuses. And by the way, we do this. We do this. God said, hey, you want to get better? 
Do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to have a victory? Do you want to have a breakthrough? And we say, well, God, you just don't really understand all my problems. You just don't get it. It's really tough. It's huge. It's big. You don't know where I've come from. It's bigger than you can handle. God said, do you really want to have victory over that sin and shame? Do you really want to have victory over that struggle that you've been fighting for so long? And we say, yes, Lord, I do. And then he said, you know, and the Lord might tell you, listen, why don't you open up to someone one-on-one? Go tell a friend. Go tell someone. Because the truth will set you free if you let it out. Go, go share that with someone. And say, oh, God, <laughs> no way. If I were to do that, you know, that might bring some shame and judgment. I don't have anybody I can trust. And so it's just better, God, if I just keep it locked lock in a vault. If I could keep it quiet. We make excuses, don't we? God said, hey, I want you to forgive because your, for, you know, your lack of forgiveness is causing resentment in your heart. He said, God, you know what? I, I, I want to forgive, but if I forgive them, then I'm letting them off the hook. There ain't no way I can do that. So I'm just going to hold on to my bitterness. Yes, I want to get well, but not without letting them go. You see, we make excuses. You want to get well, but you don't. You want to get better, but you don't. You want to break through, but you don't. We make these excuses all the time. Jesus said, do you want to be changed? Do you want a breakthrough? Do you really want a miracle that lifts you off the mat? And the lame man gave Jesus his excuse to why he didn't have the miracle. He told Jesus about all the barriers. Because he was focused on the barriers, the obstacles, right? He was telling Jesus about all the barriers that were holding him back. Meanwhile, he didn't see the bridge to the miracle that was standing right there in front of him. You see, God wants to do the same for you. But we oftentimes are so focused on the obstacles, the things that are holding back that we don't see the bridge maker, the bridge that can help us get to and help us see the miracle and the victory that he has for you and for me. But Jesus said in verse number eight, he said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know, Jesus was asking him to do something that was the most unnatural thing for this man. He has not walked in 38 years. I mean, if you, if you know anyone in your life who's been bedridden for, for several months, you know, take physical therapy to just to help them get back up on their feet. Jesus is asking him to get up and walk. He knows it's not easy. He knows that it will be awkward. He knows that it will be uncomfortable. But the Bible says that the man got up started to walk. He experienced a miracle that changed the rest of his life. You see, if you're taking note, Jesus always asks you and me, he always asks us to stand up and walk before he starts the miracle, before he does the victory, before the breakthrough in your life. He always asks you first to stand up and walk. 
He wants to see your faith in action before he comes through. He wants to, as I said a few weeks ago, he wants, you, he wants to first see you move in his direction before he moves in yours. Y'all with me? He may ask you, my friend, he may ask you to do something awkward. He may ask you to do something uncomfortable, something that's not easy, something that doesn't feel natural. But when you stand up and you obey God, that's when the miracle begins. And this is how God works all through Scripture. We see there. This is just how he works. When we pray for God to change the situation, God always asks us to take a step before he opens the door. God always asks you to stand up before he takes the barrier out. He always asks us to stand up and walk before he changes your life. He's asking you to stand up. The change always starts when you obey God and you stand up and walk, even when it doesn't make sense even when it feels uncomfortable and out of your comfort zone. Change happens. Victory happens when you get tired of your past. And say, you know what? I'm tired of living on the mat. I'm tired of being stuck. And I want to do what God wants me to do. And I'm going to listen. It may not sound right. It may not feel right. But I'm going to do what he wants me to do. And I'm going to get up and walk. My friend, a question for you. Several questions here as we close out. What is your map? Define your map. What is it that, that you've been stuck on for so long? What's holding you back from the life that God wants you to live? What is your map? Are you seeking the pool of your own power to fix your life? Are you trying to do it all yourself? Or are you seeking the power of God to do what only he can do? What, what's the next step as we get up and walk? Because walk, to walk is a series of next steps. The question is, what is your next step that God is asking you to make? What is that next step of obedience? Now, for some of you here today, your next step might be salvation. But to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've been trying to figure out life. You've been trying to figure out what, what, to, what to make of life. And you're just trying to put all the pieces together. And your next step here to get off the mat and experience a new life in him is for you to take the step of repentance and to call upon the name of the Lord. Bible said when we call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to come into our life, he will save you, become your salvation. Maybe that's your next step. And if that is your next step, it is so important. Hear me out. It's so important that you seek me and you seek one of our pastors, one of our prayer team members. While people are getting ice cream, we can have a conversation about what it means to be saved. Maybe that's your next step. Or maybe your next step, maybe God is saying, hey, you've been saved, but you need to get baptized. It's time to, it's time to go. We're going to have baptism on the second Sunday of November. And maybe that's your next step. 
And if that's your next step, and you're feeling, okay, I need to do this, I need to make a public proclamation of my faith in Jesus Christ, and let people know that I'm a follower of Christ, and make that decision, let us know. Put it on the connection card right now and say, you know what, count me in for baptism. Well, I'm interested in baptism. I'm not being baptized in November because I'm, you know, something's going on, but put me in the next time. Let me know about it. We want to help you with that decision. Maybe for some of you who've been stuck on the mat of non-committal, it's time for you to get up and to surrender something to God. It's time to surrender. Maybe you've been on the mat of complacency. You've been on the mat of complacency, and you know that God wants you to do something for him. He wants you to be faithful in God's house. He wants you to be faithful in the way that you serve. He wants you to be faithful in the way that you give. He wants you to be faithful in his word. And maybe you've been on the mat of complacency. You've been stuck there. Time to get up. It's time to get up and start walking. It's time to trust God. Maybe some of you, there's something you need to trust God for. There's an area of your life that you need to say, God, there's a situation that I'm going through, and it's causing grief and turmoil, and I feel stuck in a situation. And you hear God telling you to do something. You say, God, that sounds very uncomfortable. That doesn't sound easy. And that's the Holy Spirit prompting in your life. And when you listen to him, and when you hear his voice, and he asks you to do something, they get up, get up. Get up on the mat, stop making excuses to show God, that doesn't sound like something I can do, doesn't sound like I got the skill set, God, I don't know I can do that. Stop making excuses. Get up your mat and start walking. And when we start walking, we start seeing God show up and he does something in front of your eyes, one step at a time. What's your excuse? What's holding you back? Get off that mat and get up. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. God, we ask you to help us to experience real change. But God, help us to get up. To get up the mat. Get up off that mat. Help us to start walking. Help us, help us to follow you one step at a time. One faith step at a time. Whatever that is in our lives, God. Whatever it is in our heart that we're working on. I pray that this week. I pray that we get up. Quit making excuses. Help us to really want change in our lives. Help us to make a change in a situation. But God, help us to do what you want us to do. Help us not to seek our own powers to seek the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen.